I'm great. Well, I'm a wreck, actually, but I'm all right. <laughs> is this a post-COVID wreck, or is this just a genuine life wreck? No, no, no. This is I. I let me let me just explain. My lockdown has lasted three months longer than everybody else's Oof, because why? I had I had on April 13th I had reconstructive foot surgery on my left oh, foot because my whole foot had fallen apart. And don't ask me to explain it. It's a long and, and tedious explanation. But you know how your foot okay. goes like that? You know how your foot goes like that? Yeah. Eventually, mine went like that. Oh. So I had I had no support. You know how the, the leg bone's connected to the heel bone, you know, like that? <laughs> yeah. It's, my, it's supposed to connect like that. Mine was like that. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. It, 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 it got to the point where. And my profession is stand-up comedy. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, I thought, well, if I'm going to stand up, i got to be able to fucking stand up. Right, right, I, right. I, I mean, I, it was so painful before I did this. Um, I uh, It had been coming on and I'd been wearing orthotics for a year and a half. I wore a brace. I went to this. The, the surgeon a year and a half ago, the surgeon sent me to this place where they make prosthetic limbs. You know, oh, wow. and yeah, he, made yeah. a, he made a foot brace that literally holds held up my foot so that it wouldn't so that I could walk. But after wow. about after about wearing that thing for a year and a half, it got so I couldn't even take that. And then about four months ago, I went to my um, podiatrist in the hopes that I would get new orthotics for the shoes. And right. and he said his exact words were, Jim, what are you still doing with this fucking foot? Get it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured, since, you, and, and I figured that now was the time. This, this one, you know, you know who the comedian Tim Young is. Yes. Yeah. Well, I put, all, I put out an all points bulletin on Facebook that said, "I'm looking at this episode. Has anybody done this?" And Tim had done it, and it's pretty much exactly the same thing that you know that I got. So he was able to walk right. me through it and tell me what to expect, and he was a big help. You know, it's it's nice. interesting when you when you put uh, when you put when you put out a thing that says help, people come and help. You know, there, <laughs> there's really a lot of good out there. They yeah, do. Yeah. They don't. They don't go. Ah, ah, fuck him. Let him. Let him struggle to get to CVS, which is one block away. Yeah, it, you know, it you is. Know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so I've been so I've been getting around. Let me show you this contraption. I've been getting around yeah, please. on this. This is this is a knee scooter. You've seen one of these, right? Holy shit. Yeah, oh, I, I have seen one that. of those. You know, so I put my knee there and I yeah. scoot along. And I scoot along because I, I'm not supposed to touch the ground for 12, 12 weeks. Okay, wow. so it's been it's been 12 weeks, and I'm yeah. still about two to three weeks out of it. Because I but I hope to Ooh. be walking by the I, I hope to be walking by the end of July. Because it, it doesn't hurt oh, at good. all. It's just that, you know. And then yeah. when I go when I go into the doctor last week, he tells me that I have two infected teeth and I have to have those removed. So he puts me on an antibiotic. Then oh I come God. back out here to Fire Island, and yesterday I woke up in this. I woke up with rash all over my fucking body. 
which itches like a motherfucker, and it turns out that it was a reaction to the antibiotic. So, so, so I'm, I am for the last two days I have been a fucking mess because I, right. I, I'm, I'm look I've been a real good patient with this foot thing I'm over it I'm ready to go back to work and just even do a spot at a club you know I I did a few spots at the Comedy Cellar and at the Strip and at Gotham after mm -hmm. April sec after April second when it opened and right. uh, I hadn't done anything since November I did a I did a COVID safe club med in Dominican Republic in November. And that was the last oh, time wow. that I, that I worked. So, but also, you know what, it's, it's, it's been, this whole experience has been very interesting for me because um, on the one hand, uh, I said last February, I said, oh, I've been on the road for 34 years off and on, and I'd like a mm. break. Well, I got a break. I, I meant a couple <laughs> so of months. this is your fault. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean a couple of months. I, didn't, I, I just went. I just went. I want to take a break for a couple of months, and then all of a sudden, what happened? Right. Where it's it's where this album came from. I did. <clears throat> I did the last transatlantic cruise from Florida to Spain last March one to thirteen. Right. Oh, shit. And right. I record. I record all of my. <clears throat> I record all of my sets with this really high quality digital recorder. Most of them I right. end up th throwing them away after I listen, but I always, I, I always get, I mean, that's why, that's why so many comedians wrote so little material in the last year because we didn't have an audience. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you have to have an audience in order to do yep. this, this crazy because like the, I even make jokes about it to the, to the audience. I say, you know, I, if I, if I do a new joke and it, and it bombs, I'll say, you know, I had the highest hopes for that joke, but you guys, are the ultimate boss because you didn't laugh at it. And who the yeah. fuck are yeah. you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you have no expertise whatsoever. But I have to listen to the audience. <clears throat> you know, you were so, you were on the you were on the water before right right before COVID hit and right up to the point where it hit. Okay, it's March one through thirteen. Right on, Mar on yeah. March March eleven was when Trump pulled that. European travel ban out of his ass without right. telling. With, he, didn't, <laughs> right. he didn't even. He he just got on the. He just got on TV and said, and he didn't tell his staffers. <coughs> he you know he he didn't tell the Europeans. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and everybody, everybody that was on that ship had extended European vacations planned, and they mm, all of a yeah. sudden on March the twelfth they had to go online and pay exorbitant amounts of money to come back home, because right. you know. Yeah. And I was at a, I was at a cocktail party on the last night, and this one man comes up to me and he goes, "You're the comedian, aren't you? Why don't you do a, Why don't you do a joke about that stupid motherfucker who spent five thousand dollars to get home early?" And I said, "Who was that?" And he said, "Me." Wow! Right? Oh, that's pretty great. So I came home, and um, and then that's when every that's when everything shut down. Two wow. days after I got home on March the fifteenth, you're so that was that's a that's a fucking close call though because I know people who got stuck on those ships, like that was, <coughs> they didn't see it coming and they couldn't make it back in time. Yeah, was there well, any concern? I made, I made it back. I made it back yeah, on time with with no problem. And then all that's of awesome. a sudden we were in lockdown, and and we're and then all of a sudden we're told to disinfect our groceries, which is <laughs> you know, I was spraying. I was splaying my box of rice checks with Lysol. 
<laughs> I know. I know. We didn't even know. And it was so, did you do it like, I, I did it like such a half-ass way half the time when I would get home. Because at first, the first couple rounds, I was like, everything was going down. By like a month in, I was like taking the cloth and like, all right, whatever. A little dab here, a little dab there. Not <laughs> well, me. My wife show. was spraying the, uh, like I would taste the, taste it in the food. I'm like, this is oh, really? Oh, yeah. no. I don't want this. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who told me who was in the health industry and they were just kind of like, it can't be transferred through food. Like you're going to digest it. Your acid's going to break it up. And then I was like, I'll take her word for it. We don't, we don't <laughs> know it, but we didn't know anything. Remember it was like, right. The, the first two, the first two months after lockdown, I would say that my, my daily mood ranged from paralyzing fear to murderous rage <laughs> because I thought I thought Trump Trump was doing such a god awful job of leadership and I don't care what yeah, party oh. I don't I don't care what party you're in he didn't know what the hell he was doing he thought he right. knew everything he wouldn't listen to the authorities he's like no no it's fine it'll be gone soon yep. it's going to go away then he said we're going to be open by easter i'd love to see the churches packed in easter oh, see he has I to know. he has to give a he has to give a shout out to all his christian audience you know that yep. man's got yes he believes in jesus and he's got my back that's right you know <laughs> cuz i'm from north I carolina wanted, so i know those people i wanted oh, yeah, those churches yeah i wanted those churches open just to thin the herd a little bit you know like I was like, yes, let them open the churches. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think all I, of us feel all of us feel the same. I don't think I don't think all of us have ever wanted so many people to die as we have during the last year. <laughs> so fuck, it's that is that is so fucking true. And like, I did you were you one of those people? Like, I I started off feeling really not good about it, but like. I'm stunned at, I have to probably start looking into this into therapy or something like that, but I'm stunned at how relieved I was when the world was ending. I was like, this feels great. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, first, I didn't feel like, first month or I so. I didn't feel like that at all. But then when um, I started paying I, attention I, to the politics, that's when it drove me crazy. Yeah, it drove me crazy. I couldn't, because I, it wasn't enough that, I mean, I lost, and I'm sure you did too, we all yeah. comedians lost our entire we all we all lost our entire uh, year of um, of work. You know what I mean. All of yeah, a sudden, all, all the yeah. all the every gig that I had for 2020 was canceled. Yes, and, and it was it wasn't all canceled at once. It was like, well, let's just wait and see. I know it was you like know? they were slowly pulling out knives because I still had dates. You know that I didn't yeah. want to just you know whatever. You were like hoping something would happen and then nothing happened, and uh, it well, was just fucking awful. It's like we i mean we're in a profession where you can't you cannot work from home i mean right some people have done it some people did it successfully a little bit but you know um you can't you cannot work from home no and you can't. uh we've done these zoom shows and stuff like this and and they're interesting i mean this is this whole this whole era has brought up a whole you wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for the pandemic Exactly. No, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be talking to you or a celebrity. I mean, I'd be talking yeah. to you, but not like this. And, you know, I wouldn't be talking to Ed Asner or, uh, you know, the lead singer ever, anybody, if it Tommy wasn't for Chong COVID. Randomly. Yeah. Tommy Chong randomly. Yeah, exactly. These guys wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing any of this. Um, I yeah. never wanted to be at a desk. I like the road. I like backs, uh, backpacks and bags and, and, and hotel rooms and all that shit. Well, I'm a little over that. Which is which is why I started to. Well, which hold is, on. I'm You're a little, not just I'm, over it. You're above it. 
<laughs> let's leave. Let's put it that way. You're not just humbly over it. You don't need to do it. <laughs> no, I don't. But um, not not anymore. You know, I don't see. I just right. the idea. The idea of going to the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio, and staying in a Holiday Inn Express, and the only place to eat is an Olive Garden. I, the, 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 this to me is hell on earth. This is hell yeah. on earth. There's a yeah. really good book. There's a really good book that Mark Schiff and Rich Scheidner put together called "I Killed." I know. And I love that it's, book. I have it. It's it's about it's about horrible road stories. Yeah, and I gave it. It's I a gave great it to book. My, I gave it to my dad for um, Christmas one year, and he right. said, "That's that's the most depressing thing I've ever read." I can't believe you guys have to put up with that shit. You know. Wait, wait, so, do, does your did you ever get to take your dad out on the road with you or anything like that? No, no, no. I didn't. No, no, never. No. Never. Uh, they, came yeah. saw, they came and saw my shows. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. So whenever I was doing mm -hmm. a show around there, they would come and see it. And they've got they've got great senses of humor. Like uh, the joke that the joke that closes the. I mean, I just have to say things that my dad told me. Like I, like my dad, they live, they live in a retirement community. And my dad said to this man, I've planned my funeral and I've paid for it. And then the man said, when is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah. good. They've got, they, that's nice that they've got a good sense of humor. Did you get it from your, cause you know, they say comedy, you know, comedic chops always skip a generation. So who do you think it skipped? Was it your dad? That was super funny. Your mom? My, my, they were both hilarious. They're, they're both still alive. My, the, my mother's ninety-two and my father's ninety-three. Wow, oh my god, man. that is awesome. Yeah, I, I Facetime with them just about every day. Wow, you know? and that's incredible. My mother's, my mother's ability to not stop mothering me is, is in full swing. <laughs> you know, she, she says, she says, well, you look like you need a shave, and I'm like, well, I just haven't <laughs> shaved. Well, don't you want to look nice? And you know, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in my 60s you know it's yeah like, yeah <laughs> yes i want to look nice but come on you know that's but, too funny no, no and then an, an, another thing that my father said was um i was at a hotel in uh, atlantic city the borgata mm -hmm. and i woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. but instead of walking into the bathroom i just walked out in the hall and <laughs> the door shut behind me and there i am standing in the Hall naked, <laughs> and I immediately woke up. I'm like, "What the fuck?" You know, I'm standing in the hall naked, and I looked down the hall and I saw a room service. I saw a room service tray, and so I mm -hmm. went down and I got one of those one of those napkins from the room service tray and I covered my my dick, and I <laughs> found the security. I found the security phone on the wall. And I went up and mm -hmm. I called him and I said, listen, you have to come let me into 3608. I mistakenly came out here and I'm naked in the hall. And the guy on the phone <laughs> said, we know, we see you on the TV. <laughs> we know. Oh, so, my God. So, so when I got home, I called my dad and I told him that story. And he said without a beat, you mean you can cover it up with just a napkin? <laughs> <laughs> oh my that just, god that's fucking great that just came out of him oh that's, that's you know. fucking hilarious yeah have you been so, back there since you, you haven't been able to see them i was since, able right? i was no I, I was able to see them april one through six 
Because hmm. when I decided when I decided when I was and they when we all got vaccinated, you know, yeah, I got vaccinated back in February and March, and they got nice. vaccinated like in February. You know, they have this. They live in this deluxe retirement community that would get them in buses and take them to Walgreens. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's and so, sick. so I, I was able to see them first week of April before I had my, my operation. That's good. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so you feel like you, you, I feel like you've kind of, other than the leg thing entered almost a somewhat normal cause you're on vacation. You're in fire Island. I'm really not you know on vacation. Like, so I, I am on vacation cause I'm, I'm not going to go back to work until mid September. Right. That's what vacation. I know you told me you weren't going back to work, so that to me is a vacation. <laughs> I was like, he's not doing oh, yeah, okay. until September. Well, I'm yeah. writing. I'm, you know, I'm busy. I, I, I'm, I'm doing yeah. stuff. I'm finishing up my script, and I had to do a lot of press for the album. Let me tell you how the album happened. I um, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, also, can I, you also tell me about the art too? Because I love. Oh, that. that's a great. Well, I when I listen, I I had to do this gig in Club Med in November, and I hadn't mm -hmm. done my show for seven months. Right. So I went back and I started listening to all these recordings from that final crossing. Mm -hmm. You know, you got it. And as I was listening to that, I went, there's a lot of material here that I've never released on an album. And I bet wow. if I could, if I could, if I could cut this together so that it was obviously recorded on a ship, obviously, mm -hmm. and I include ship material. Yeah. It's not not specific to the cruise line but it's specific to any ship or anybody that's ever been on a cruise. Right. And the the room that I was playing in was a um 100 seat comedy club so with a low ceiling so you can nice. hear every every laugh. You know how that is. Right. That's great. And so I I I contacted my producer from uh, Stand Up Records which is my label and mm -hmm. I I said what if I release this album that's a, obviously a cruise ship album and he said send it to me and I'll listen to it and we'll see. And he, then he, he, he called me back and said, we're done. You, you've got another, you've got another album. Wow. And so he said, let's design, let you should design the cover based on a classic cruise poster. So nice. my friend Robert is a graphic designer and we found all these, you know, classic cruise posters. And, uh, that's the final result right there. I think the, I think the album cover is, is very funny for anybody yeah. who knows comedy because this, this, couple in four and i'm i'm harassing them on deck with a mic <laughs> i noticed that i love that i just love the expression of the couple too that they're like yeah, oh my god they're like, like who? what who, who the yeah. hell is this? what is going on but it's no a, i love it man because it does but, look like a postcard from a cruise too yeah exactly and um i called Beautiful. it gay, gay jokes for straight cruisers because that's exactly what it is you know <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it is because, How was it uh, piecing together all that material though? While you were like, was it? Do you do you? Are you one of those people who can actually like fine tune and listen to their own material without it driving them crazy? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh sure. I have no. That's problem nice. With that. Yeah, I don't like to look at myself on camera. Okay, okay. That I don't like, which mm -hmm. is why that's why Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn was a bit of an ordeal for me because the camera would always catch me at a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a, just a a bizarre I expression. I never noticed. I you you used to crush on that show, dude. I I loved when you were on that show. Well, but it was was it? It was life or death. I mean, it was. I had to yeah. crush because they would have eaten, they would have eaten me alive. I was going to say, did it ever? Get, did you ever get like? Because I, I don't know what those commercial breaks were like. But were you ever like annoyed with each other in those moments? Were you ever like, would I you thought, fucking get off my dick? <laughs> 
I thought that I was going to strangle Patrice O'Neill. I thought I was going to strangle him. <laughs> it cuts yeah. back from commercial and you're just like choking him out. Yeah, no, I just, he, I, he was a very nasty man to me. And I'm sorry really? that he has, yes, he was horrible. And I'm sorry that he passed on, but he just got it in his mind that he was going to harass me. And he, wow. he would say, he would say openly anti-gay things about me on the air and backstage to fuck me up before we went on. And it was oh, just, it was just, up. there was no, it wasn't funny. It was just sadism on his part, I thought. Right. And so that was really, that was very difficult. The other guys, most of the other guys were great to me, you know, because, yeah. but, but Pat Patrice had a way of, of ragging on you, which right. made you, made you think not only does he not respect my work, he doesn't even respect me as a human being. Right. You know? So that was what made it very difficult. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, I do, I, they did pair you with Patrice a lot. It was you, one of the ones I was thinking, of, it, was, it was you, Geraldo, Patrice, and um, I want to say, obviously, Jim Norton, but there was another guy that wasn't usually on with you on one episode. Who? Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson. That's the, it. The six he seemed regular, like he was chill. The five, the five regulars. Yeah, the five records, the five regulars that were on every week were Keith Robinson, Greg Giraldo, also may he rest in peace. Um, yeah. Nick DiPaolo, Jim Norton, and Patrice O'Neill. And then there were three right. semi-regulars. We'd, we'd be on every couple of weeks. That was me and Judy, Judy Gold and Rich Voss. Judy Gold. Right. Yeah. And so they would have us on a lot. And so it was really, it was really fun. But it was, it was a difficult show because Colin, and I love Colin Quinn, but he has the mm -hmm. attention span of a fruit fly. So all of a sudden he starts <laughs> he starts talking about when the uh, he, he starts talking about when the uh, soldiers should withdraw from Iraq, and mm -hmm. then it, it quickly moved into a, a discussion of the waitresses that Rich Voss had slept with on the road. You know, it was from, <laughs> yeah, from soldier to that. So well, that had to be a quick segment. Yeah, <laughs> it, it actually was not. Oh, it actually well, was not. This is, those poor this was before he was married. To, yeah, it was that was before he was married to Bonnie? You know. Oh, so. before Bonnie. Anyway, BB. They said he had an anyway, eight but that was forever. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> he was in yeah. shape for a, for a while there. He was in pretty good shape for a while. I think he's probably still um, in pretty good shape. What is uh? So we, Colin, Colin was in your because you who did you come up with? What was your class? Was Colin Quinn in your class? Um. Yeah. I feel like the other guys weren't. You it must have been you. Mean the, you mean the generation of comedians? Yeah, generation of comedians that you remember yeah, being in the club. All, with. Of, all, all of these guys were in my class. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. When that's I started out doing when I I started doing comedy in 1986, and the first oh, wow. club, yeah, the the first club that I what year were you born, John? I was born in '84. I started when you were four years old. Yep. God. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, God, you don't know anything. Yeah, you no. Know. <laughs> that was say, yes. that was back when that was back when we could swallow. <laughs> um, Tell me about the but, comedy boom, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was very different from today because all you had to do was audition at a club and they passed you or they didn't. Yeah, and the first the first club that I auditioned was called for was called Comedy U, and that was on Grand Grand Street and West Broadway, and wow. it was a great great little room. I loved it, 
And I started off there with Ray Romano and Joy Behar and Mario oh, Cantone wow. and Judy Gold. Holy shit. And then a lot of uh, a lot of other comics that sort of went away. You know what I mean? They okay. just sort of right. They just well, I don't didn't we don't see it. them much anymore. And then I, I auditioned for Catch a Rising Star and I got passed there. And then I the comic strip and Dangerfields. And so I right. was making my I was making my living in comedy within about eight months. Wow. Because, so wait, what was your first paid gig? Was it that was it at that club? I uh no, my first paid paid gig was at the the open mic that I auditioned at the first time I ever did stand up, and they hired me like two weeks later to open for this singer. So wow. I came, yeah. So that was my first paid gig. That was at a that was at a combination cabaret and Thai restaurant around oh wow from Port Authority called the Lotus Room, and it was a oh, Thai I know restaurant. That name. And it had a, it, no, it was not there anymore. It's been gone for a long. No, I know it's gone, but I've had, like I think I've. Yeah, they had a zapper over the stage, and so you'd say, "Hi, my name is Jim." Bzz. You know, and I'm from North Carolina. Bzz. Oh my so god! Sorry. And great. then, like a lot of the Thai people in the back, while you were doing your show, they'd be going, you know, like in the back of the restaurant. And I went up to the manager. I went up to the manager one night, and I said could you tell these people to be quiet during the comedy show? And he goes, those my customer, those my customer, no you. My customer, my customer can do what they want. <laughs> You're like, so that's a no then. <laughs> so, that's a, so that's a no. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But that how, was back. That you, was back. Huh? How, how much? much so you you went from doing the open mic night to then them asking you to open for somebody. How much material did you have? Twenty minutes. Wow, that's phenomenal, minutes, man. Twenty minutes of of it, look, it was not great material by any means, right? But but people laughed at it. Sure. So well, what was you your? Know. Do you remember? Some people don't remember this, but what, do you remember your, the first joke you wrote that you were like, "That's a fucking joke." Like um, perfectly, it was. It was. Um, I I come from the finest white trash North Carolina has to offer. Actually, that's derogatory. I shouldn't say that. I prefer to be called Trash de Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> that's and great. I, I, I still use that from time to time. Sometimes that's awesome. That's a good joke. Yeah. That's funny. And, and it also it also kind of established my persona. Which mm -hmm. was a little bit like the way I would describe myself on stage at the beginning was kind of like Fraser Crane. Okay. You know, kind of like that and sort of above it all, you know, a yeah, little yeah, yeah. a little sarcastic. I carried a glass of wine on stage and right. you know, it was it was sort of like a I was I was being a raconteur. Right. And then eventually well, I realized that I didn't have to do that. I could just be myself. Yeah. yeah, but you still, you know what's crazy? I remember the first time I saw you, you still have that kind of command over the room where, like, even if anybody thought about heckling you, I feel like they'd think twice because they're like, this guy definitely knows more than me. So, the, my, you know what? The first, the first, the first time somebody heckled me, it was at the brokerage on Long Island where we met. Holy and, shit. No way. Yep, and I was, wow. head, I'd been, I think I'd been, been doing comedy about three years. And um, 
some guy was just like, "Don't quit your day job," and da, da, da. and mm-hmm. I was having a good I was having a good set, but he wasn't right. having it. And so I said, "Excuse me, sir, do you really want to do this?" Because <laughs> I do this every fucking night of my week, right? And we can play this game back and forth if you want, but mm-hmm. you're gonna lose, right? Right? You're you're gonna lose because I've got the mic and everybody in here is staring at me, not you. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. So that was that was my first heckle line. You know? Nice, but, but I remember the first time somebody yelled out that "Don't quit your day job" at Dangerfields. I didn't know what the hell to do. But then I went, no, you know, I, I talked to a lot of comics. The, the 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 older comedians when I first started out were very very generous to me and very nice. Who were the Who were those guys when you were well, like uh, when you like jo- like like Joy Behar and. Um, mm-hmm. A bunch of people that became writers in California. A guy nice. named John, Jonathan Solomon. A guy named Mike Royce. Oh, nice, um, yeah. You know, a bunch, they were all very nice to me. And George Wallace, who is one oh. of my idols, he said, "Who?" You know, I, I told him I'm having trouble with hecklers, and he says, "Who's got the goddamn mic? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the goddamn mic? You?" So, yeah. oh my God, he's the best, he was, man. He's the best. I'll never forget. The first time I saw him as Catch a Rising Star, and he's he's he was such an old school comedian. Like you mm-hmm. know, I love old school jokes like Rodney Dangerfield, my wife, what oh. a cook! I didn't know toast had bones. You know, I love <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. But yeah, George Wallace said, "I was I was on I was on a plane. This woman had the biggest titties you've ever seen, and she was she was nursing a baby, and she was in coach, and the baby was in first class." <laughs> and just just i mean we it was one after another of those yeah and i awesome. i get really you know what let me just say something i get one of the reasons i get really defensive when younger comedians when when younger comedians uh decry old school comedy oh because yeah that's that's where this comes from Yep. I mean, I, look, you can say you're an artist and do what kind of, you know, alternative comedy, which 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 I call comedy that's an alternative to funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's opening up your diary and reading from it and hoping you stumble into something funny. Oh, somebody came on one stage at one of those alternative clubs and he he put a a blanket out on stage and he was selling things off the blanket and that was his oh act. Oh my god. That was his awful. Act. Yeah. Just garbage. And it was not funny. But yeah. um yeah. that's but comedians can be very, very snobby, can't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yeah. Absolutely. Because we'll look at them. Well, I mean, one of the first things that you'll get called is a hack. You know, yep. they'll say, oh, well, he's a hack. Well, I'm like, mm-hmm. is he is he getting laughs or not? If he's right, getting laughs, right. chances are he's not that much of a hack. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if they know what they're laughs, doing. I mean, there's, and there's no such thing as a hack subject. Only a hack treatment. Yes. Like, um, I remember when Sarah Palin was coming, I must have seen 30 comedians do a variation on the I can see Russia from my house that she did, you know, and I thought, you know, you're better than that. That's why I don't do too much topical material because it's dead. It's yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's eventually dead, and so I never mm. did one Michael Jackson joke. I never did one Bill Clinton and Mon- Monica Lewinsky joke or O.J. Simpson, right. except for the fact that this is true. I have never been interested in sports in my entire life because I was a Me terrible neither. athlete. I was a terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I went to summer camp 
and I had to play softball and I'd come up to bat, everybody would come in from the outfield. <laughs> they'd come in. It's like, you know, they'd be, they'd be placing bets. They'd be placing bets with each other to see who gets to catch Jim's ball. You know. <laughs> right. Oh, but anyway, fantastic. I just never had any, I'd never had any uh, sports. And so I did, and this is true. You're not going to believe me, but I did not know that OJ Simpson was a football player until he got arrested. Wow. You know I, what? I'm, I'm right there with you. Not the OJ thing. I think, Oh, but the only reason why I knew OJ was a, a sports guy was because of Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got the arrested, reason, and I was like, oh, that's the sports guy from Ace Ventura. The only reason I knew who Michael Jordan was was Space Jam, the, Bug, <laughs> the Bugs Bunny movie. That's, went, that's oh, so beautiful. This, this must be some famous basketball player I've never heard of. That's how... <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that you said that. You know what? I do. If I do topic, I, I guess I wouldn't even call it topical stuff, but I'll I'll cover stuff that is genuinely to, generally topical by relating it to uh, myself or my family in some way. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll yes. talk about Trump towards the end, but it has to relate to a general experience as opposed to like what's in the news. I don't know if do you, do you kind of approach it like that. Well, see, the, the way that I opened this album, mm -hmm. I say, you guys are either brave or insane because you're on a nine-day cruise where you can't get off the ship in the middle of a global pandemic. Not to work. <laughs> and, and then I say, and then I, and then I say, um, but, but for those of you who need some, you know, if, for those of you who feel a little scared, I have some words of wisdom from our president. And I read this quote of Trump verbatim, which said, mm -hmm. well, it could be it could it could go away or maybe it will stay. It could be at a smaller <laughs> level or maybe it'll be at a larger level. Nobody <laughs> really knows. We'll see what happens. One day it will magically disappear or it will or it won't. And, you know, just <laughs> unlike that, right. with his stupid stream of consciousness. Right. Built it. And then that'll me to go into a story about how I've met Trump twice, you know. Oh my so, uh, God! Really? I was able to do that, but I usually Jesus. don't. I usually don't. I, yeah, I don't. I usually don't. The first time I met Trump was at, I was at a Broadway musical in 1994, and he came to opening night, and I met him then. And I've got mm -hmm. a picture of him on my phone. If you don't believe me, um, him and he and I. And uh, let me see if I can find this. I just want to. See if I yeah. can show it to you because it's really kind of a hoot. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. Can you see? This? Uh, you could. That's me and the Donald. Uh, uh, no, but you know what? You could send it if you text it to me. I'll send it to Tom and he'll toss it up on the screen. Right up. Yeah. No, that's all right. I don't want to put. I, I don't know. That's okay. I don't like the picture of me, and I don't want this. I don't want this picture to leave my phone. Oh, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Pictures like that. I get you. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, it, it, it's, I, it's I, for real. I'd so say, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, man. I got a, there was one of, um, do you know Max Landis? No. It's, um, it's, he's, he's the son of John Landis, right? And he had, and he got like me oh, okay. too'd. Yeah. He got like me too'd, I guess, in early when it was happening, like whenever it was going on or whatever. Um, he's kind of a prick, by the way. Like, like, I mean, that doesn't mean that people can, like, everybody we know is a prick, you know, to an extent. But, you know, he got me too'd or whatever. And I was like, I was like, 
oh fuck and i immediately went on my website and like took down the phone <laughs> there's like a photo of me and him at a ucb theater event thing and they're just like hey and i was like well that's gotta go <laughs> like that, that can't be that can't exist anymore yeah yeah do it's you remember exactly you, Trump. What, what, were you like this at the beginning of the Me Too movement? Did you start to think about your past and go, okay, whose ass did I grab? You know, who's, 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 who, who, which, which woman was I a little too friendly with that's going to come and haunt me? Because I know you a know, lot of comedians about that. It's kind of funny, but I, I feel like Tom's got a joke that he's going to zing me um, with. So I'm wait, I see, I see him <laughs> leaning into the mic. Like he's like, I'm like, do you want to, do you want to get it no, out? It's over now. It's over now. You can't, you oh, can't yeah. preface it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I was, well, I realized I started to talk and I was like, Tom, Tom's got a joke. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's crazy. I, my friend and I actually talked about it a little bit when we were talking about like high school shit. Um, but I was never that type of guy like and i'm not saying this like a pat on the back type of thing i just no, think no, but like, you either are or you're not you either are or you're not right 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 yeah I, i'm not that like i was never that type of person um oh, or that type of I, guy or whatever i'm i'm much more like i think for for the i honestly think for the most part i've had more women tell me to shut the fuck up during a thing than than <laughs> than anything else where i'm like is this okay are you fine with this are we good with this you like even before like the me too movement where they're like if you don't shut up you're gonna ruin the fucking mood you're talking too much you think too much and i'm like oh, there's so, this that's just hilarious there's, there's this hilarious movie with barbara streisand and george Siegel called the owl and the pussycat yes and she plays a prostitute she, she plays a prostitute and the first uh -huh. time they're in bed together she, she's going Oh, good, 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 good. Attaboy, attaboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait. Put your hand over there. But no, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. Put your hand under there. Put your hand. Oh, yeah. And he goes, Doris, just shut up. You know, and he's, I, he said, just shut up. It's ruining yeah. my concentration. It's ruining my concentration. And then she says, what am I, a chess problem? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I've been but, in, uh, you know, it's crazy. I was talking to a friend of mine. A she's, she's a close friend. Um, we were in New York. I was like just about to break up with somebody that I was seeing, but I hadn't done it yet. So I'm hanging out with my friend in New York and she wants to hook up. And in my dumb mind, I'm like, I can't do anything because I didn't break up with this person yet. Even though the person that I was breaking up with, I had found out cheated on me. I just hadn't seen her yet. So couldn't make a clean break. So technically like now I probably would have done whatever, but in my, at the time I was like 20, 24, maybe 25. Um, and, uh, so I'm go, I go over to my friend's house. We're in New York or whatever. And she wants to hook up and she's just like, let's just fucking do it. What difference does it make? You're going to break up with her anyway. And I was like, I can't, I really want to, it's not going to happen. I got to split. And I, and I know this is like any guy that's watching. This is like, are you fucking moron? But yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. yeah not going to happen or whatever. And then she's like, this is a one, one time deal. Like take it or leave it. And I was like, okay. Like I knew it wasn't a one time deal. <laughs> But I was like, okay. So then, but she locked me in her room while she was, she's like, just wait two seconds. Let me go change. And then she like closed her bedroom door. And I thought, that's weird. Why'd she close her bedroom door? Well, it fucking locks from the outside. So that happens, right? Or whatever. So nothing, nothing wound up happening. We did wind up hooking up like a week later after I broke up. But she, the Me Too stuff happens. And she calls me and she's like, how fucking hilarious is it that if we, that I technically, me too to you and i'm like you're a goddamn monster <laughs> like but it's just so like you know what i mean like it's one of those things that like 
the the amount of shit that I feel like dudes just actually actively brush off. Like I've been like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, if this happened to you or back in the day when, you know, like at comedy clubs or whatever, but you know, like middle-aged women love to hit on younger comedians. So like whether they're in front of their husbands, whether they're not, but like the amount of people that I've had come out to me, take a photo, grab my hair. Like, can I touch your hair? No, don't touch my hair. Do it. Any, they do it anyway. Or like, I had one woman in the audience stand up during my set and ask me to turn around because she wanted to see my ass. So it's like, and I have that on tape, by the way. So there's a, there's a, there's like a list of shit that you're just like, you know, I feel like obviously everybody. I, I, I think you ought to post an ass pic on Instagram. I mean, do it. <laughs> I want to see this video. People are doing it. I've got yeah. the video. I'm always you know, waiting for the right moment to post it. At, at a club, I don't know how many years ago, but let me see if I can do the face. This is what this woman looked oh. like. She came up to me at the end and she goes, <laughs> you're, you're adorable. If you were straight, I'd be all over you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like thank you know, god i like dick god, you know it's funny it's funny you're talking about breaking up and everything it just made me i've only had my husband as a boyfriend and i've never had another really? boyfriend nope wow no That's very wow. impressive well we're together we're together you were together how long 33 years wow wow that is the we met, uh antithesis to everything i've i've made my life about <laughs> no i don't have... no i we found each other and i stuck with him you know because that's it, incredible it, we've always gotten along yeah and he's taking care meet? of me we met on the dance floor of a disco at 1 30 in the morning oh wow yeah that's nice uh -huh. and in new york in new york yeah it wow. was a classic classic gay disco called the saint which was like a a five thousand seat oval club with a planetarium dome on top so when you were dancing wow. you felt like you there has never been a dance club like that before or since and there never will be wow you know it was it was quite amazing and uh well, anyway so it worked out so what's and, your uh, what's your secret to longevity in the uh in the marriage game um the uh uh, uh don't tell them when you're around um <laughs> I'm, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. You're both like, really? Hmm, let me think about that. I'm like, um, I'm like hang on a second. Uh, say that again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's really, it's really very simple. Don't ever go to bed angry. And try not to snitch each mm. other. And uh, just be grateful at the end of the day that you've got just, – just be grateful at the end of the day that you've got somebody who's going to put up with your shit. Because who's going to put yeah. up with your shit? I mean, really. You know what I mean? We all have a lot of shit that, that our spouse has to put up with. And so, yes, you know, and that's, I that's, that's that, the key to it, I, I think. I do believe that. And it's kind of crazy, too, because I, like, the far, I'm 36. I don't think I'll ever get married. I don't have any inclination to. And I feel like that's a thing that you need to have. I feel like you really need to want it. I don't really, not that I, I, it, no, I don't have any just feeling for it. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just has, it just has to happen. It mm -hmm. has to ha it has, you just have to feel like it when it happens. If it feels natural, fine, go, go with it. Right. And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't, don't, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, also, just people that you have for to, it, and I don't understand it. You, you, you have to, accept, well, that was my problem before I met uh, Dan. 
is I was looking for it. Like, you know, I'd go to bars all the time and I'd go up to some single guy at the bar and go, is it you? Is it you that's going to be with me? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got it. Okay, okay. So there was a period a of that. Thing, yeah. There's also a good thing about, um, you know, when you meet somebody, they have a whole lot of baggage and you have to be able to yes. deal with their baggage and their family and their friends. Because you're not, you're not going to walk into somebody's life and go, oh, hi, you know all those things you used to do before we met? Well, you're not going to do those things anymore. That doesn't right. work. Yeah, so. I agree. There's so many, uh, dude, I've dated so many like women who do that kind of shit where they expect you to just stop dead talking to certain people or doing certain th- or whatever. And you're just like, holy fucking shit. Like, how is that possible? Um, yeah. The other thing is, too, we- is like, go ahead. Can, I, no, I was just going to say, can can we go back to my album? I just wanted to say something. Oh absolutely. yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because you know, I'm I'm not really here to discuss my relationship because people can't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but this album oh. it's so funny. This album has gotten more publicity and more more ink than any of my previous albums. Um, wow! I still, I, st- I've got five of them. The five are "Eat Here and Get Gas," "Live from Jimville," "Notorious Fag," "Hard to mm-hmm. Swallow," and "Gay Jokes for Straight Cruisers." And this is a hilarious album, but I'm, I'm, I think my best one still is the fourth one, called "Hard to Swallow," because that's that's the most cohesively like a set on 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 this fifth album. I do a lot of crowd work, and it's fun. Right. It's mm-hmm. fun, but for, but the other one is the other the other ones are joke 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 joke, and I'm really yeah. I'm hard proud hard to I'm swallow proud. Is, is a tightly packed album. That is that is ju- that is like just your you're right. I think it is your best Did album because you I do Did like I do like live from Jimville. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I do like that. That one's got good stories on it. Um, but yeah, hard to swallow feels like you were when you did hard to swallow. Was it like? Uh, you just had that set in your mind and you were like, this is too good not to get recorded. Um, well, it was all the material. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. you like, you wanted, that's that. what I mean. Like all that material, you were like, it, I want this documented. I want it documented because that's all. See, cause the thing is, is the, like, uh, you know, comedy is not pop music. So comedy right. album, comedy albums have a limited audience to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a shame though, because like back when I was a kid, my idols were Jonathan Winters, Lily Tomlin, Phyllis Diller, and um, Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. I think I told you my Dangerfield story, didn't I, when I met him? I want to hear it again. You didn't well, tell it was, my audience. I mean, yeah. Well, Dan- Dangerfield was my was one of my favorite comedians because of the the, the economy of his material. You know. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a great way to put it. Like you know, hey, hey, it's hard to be on top when there's no on the bottom. And just lines like <laughs> lines like that, but right. I remember I, I think I'd been doing comedy about six or seven years, and I was it was a Saturday night at Dangerfields. The room was packed. I was killing, which was hard to do in that room because it was a bunch of Long Island, New Jersey people who were rowdy and talking at their table and everything. But I really yeah. had them. And then I walk out into the lobby after my set, and there's Rodney, mm-hmm. and he comes up to me and he says. What, what's your name? And I said, Jim David. And then he goes, 
oh, you're very funny. I seen you in there getting <laughs> big laughs and then walked away. Wow. And I just, I, w- I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? I would you know, have. Lo- he's one of those dudes I would have loved. Him and Shanling and Robin Williams, I would have loved to have met those guys and Carlin. Robin Williams and I. Rob, Robin Williams and I sat at the Comedy Cellar table and uh, dueling Lawrence Welk imitations. <laughs> wow! Oh my God! Oh fuck! You know, that had to be amazing. Do you know, do you know who? Jo- do you know who, he may be before? Do you know who Lawrence Welk was? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Rodney would go, Rodney would go, th- I mean, uh, Robin would go, thank you, thank you. We're going to get a down and a get a funky. And, then, <laughs> and I can't remember what I would do to say. Now, up next, we're going to have Sly and the Family Stone, but Sly couldn't come, so we just have the Family Stone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, and all the, all, but I'm going back and forth with Robin Williams doing Lawrence Welk imitations, and all the other comedians are sitting there going, you know, it was really... <laughs> I got a lot of props that night. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I, I yeah. got a lot of, yeah. It was that's pretty a, great. That's incredible. Did you ever meet uh, Shanling? Uh, just to say hello to him. That's it. Nice. You know, but I've met most of them. Except there's, cool. a whole, there's a whole generation of young comics now that I have not met. And they're all doing oh. very well. And a lot of them have next Netflix specials. And I haven't met them. Right. You know, I would yeah, think I, that a lot of them are, you are now their favorite. Like coming up, they probably come over to you like you would be yeah. one of those people that they want to meet now. You've had the, nicest, the nicest things that I, it, it's happened to me numerous times that a young gay comedian will come and tell me that they saw my special, my Comedy Central special, and they said, if he can do that, I can do it. Nice. You know, and that I gave them the nerve because I, I came out on stage before my time. It was about mm-hmm. 20, it was about 24 years ago and people wow. weren't ready for it. People were not, you know, like I, I'd go to a, like I'd go to a club and, and I would start talking about my partner at, at Helium in, in Philadelphia. I started Ooh. talking about my partner and some guy out mm-hmm. of the darkness yells, Hey, is this a gay bar? And I said, oh, what? And he said, is this a gay bar? And I said, no, if you want to go to a gay bar, you go outside and turn left and it's down the street <laughs> and it's called the mansion. And you go up the stairs. And then he said, "Then he said, well, if it's not a gay bar, bar, would you stop forcing your gayness on me? Oh, my God. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ram it down your throat. <laughs> and and yeah, he eventually... He eventually got um, thrown out. Oh, nice! But I, I had that a lot, you know. But now they, there's a ton of young gay comedians. They're all over the place. You introduced me to one on one of our other shows. Um, a young Jared guy, Gold- long hair. Jer- Jared Goldstein. Jared Goldstein, very funny. Yeah, he's doing very well because he he has such a unique look. He looks like a Disney prince. And because he's half, <laughs> he does. He, he does. He looks like a Disney prince. He's like he looks like yeah. Aladdin. He's, yeah. he's like half half Long Island Jewish and half Long Island Japanese. If there is, <laughs> if there is such a thing, right? But yeah, he's a he's a fun. He's a he's gonna be he's gonna be quite good one. Long Island Japanese. He's very good now, but he gets he yeah. gets cast in a lot of things because he, he's got such a unique look. Right, right, right. And, yeah, I could see him and, doing the acting thing really easily. Yeah, I, one of my earliest agents said, "I can't figure out what to do with you 
I can't figure out what to do with you because you're 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 too funny looking. You know, you're. She told me I was too funny looking. Did you yeah. want to? I mean, was it was it always about stand up for you, or did you have other aspects? Like, did you want to really act? Like, was it always just pure stand up, or were you like, I want to be an actor? I was. I got into stand up because I was being unsuccessful as an actor. Wow. Okay. I feel like a lot yeah. of people do that, though. Yeah, I came. But to they New don't York always to... make it. They don't always make it as a stand up, though. They don't always do as well as a right. stand up. Right. I well, and you crushed it. Was it. like it was like it was a stand in stand up. I found my niche. And so mm -hmm. I found something that I could do, you know? right? And so, um, so it was. Uh, it, it, I I put acting behind me. I'd still love to do it. I mean, it's yeah, ne it's never never too well, late. I, yeah, no, always, not at all. I well, can always the thing play is, a Walmart is... greeter. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, I'm actually welcome, writing welcome a script about one. You are. No, uh, no, we, well, no, I will now though, <laughs> but no, you know, like when you were starting out though, like what was the, so did you find your strength with performing or writing first or were you, or were they both around the same and they grew together? Like were you stronger and that's it. cool. Cause I nice. go up there and you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if a joke works until I do it in front of an audience. Right. So, and you're so good go with up, the, you're good with the improvising. Like this album, by the way, I think, I feel like out of all of them, I feel like I hear you having more fun on that, on this one, on the new one than the other albums. Really? Well, it's, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a, yeah, it was a lot I, of fun. I, I actually like, I feel like you were having a blast. That's really good that that comes across because you yeah. always wonder how it comes across in a recording. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell you're having fun. Like it just, I feel yeah. like, oh, it was in a, in a way that makes me was like, oh, I kind of wish I was there. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's yeah. a compliment. That's a real compliment, um, John. Thank, I, I'm glad, man. It's it's a great album. It's fucking awesome. And I and I uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, if you don't mind, just like when you did come out on stage for the first time. How hard of a decision was that for you to make? Were you planning that? Did it happen sporadically? I did it for revenge. Ooh, that's a, I've never heard that before. Go I, I on. Did it because all these comics were going up before me and they were all talking about how they just broke up with their girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I have a better relationship than any of these guys. So why don't I start talking? Why don't I start? Why don't I write some jokes about my partner at the time? You know, we're married now, but I mean, at the time yeah. I wrote about my partner and one of my first jokes was, um, you know, uh, I I my I did some ancestry, and my great grandfather was I have no I have a great 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 grandfather who was a Confederate soldier in the Civil War, mm -hmm. and then I had a great grandfather who was an alcoholic one-legged shoemaker, and <laughs> and and then my grandfather was in the Klan. <laughs> And I'm a gay Jesus. liberal, and I'm a gay liberal New Yorker, so that fucking bloodline stops with me. <laughs> so That's that was great. one of the that was one of the first ways that I came out, and um, I love that it was it was it was a little bit agonizing because people said don't do it, it'll it'll. Some people said don't do it, it'll ruin your career, and other people said do it, do it. And actually, when I finally came out, is when I first got booked at Montreal, you know, the comedy festival. Wow, yeah. Because, because uh, the head of the festival said, thank God you finally came out. Now I can book you. 
Wow. And I was like, oh, you can't, you can't book me normally as a comedian? But no, they, 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 <laughs> they, they, knew, that I was, they knew that I was gay, so they put me on the, the queer comedy show. Right. You know, but it was a lot what? of fun. And I got when a lot Mont- of work because of it. Nice. When what? When Montreal back, Montreal back then, because again, like you started Comedy Boom 86, and then you did the Just for Last Festival in its heyday. Have you been back there since? Like, do you notice a drastic change? Because every time I talk to people who are pre, you know, uh, who come before me or whatever, like I wind up missing the time that they're talking about. Because I, I enjoy doing it now and everything, but it does seem like a little bit of the magic is gone, you know, out of it or like just the. I don't know what it is, but like, well, I feel I like was it all? I couldn't tell you because I haven't been for about twelve years. Okay, um, I did. I I did four festivals, and I four years in Montreal, and then mm-hmm. I did a, the, the every year they do a Just for Laughs tour across Canada. Yes, with like six comics, and yeah. so I did that, and that was twenty six cities in five weeks in Canada. Oh wow! Okay. It was a. Fa- it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. You, you were know, there. Were was, you there with? I just great. talked to. Uh, I just had Joe Star. Uh, I'm a good. I'm good friends with Joe Star. You were there with Joe, right? I might have been. I don't know. There were so many comedians there. Right. You know, I'm yeah, not sure. It, it, it just it, it it makes me feel like because I know they closed. They stopped doing the Aspen Comedy Festival. Like all this stuff seems to be kind of shutting down or yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. kind of breaking away, which is fine. I mean, there's other stuff opening up for the rest of us or whatever, but it. I don't know. It just feels like uh, like there was a bunch of shit we all all the youngins kind of missed out on, you know? <laughs> well, it was like we were all, especially during the tough crowd years, which is 2002 to 2004, mm-hmm. there was a sense like we were the in crowd in comedy. You yeah. Know, we, were, we were, at least in New York. Right. You know, we, we were the guys. And so it, that, was a, that was a lot of fun. And now yeah. it's... Now it's kind of every man for himself. I feel like I don't feel like there's, but everybody's doing a also everybody's doing a podcast, and right. everybody's doing one. You know, like lots of people are doing one of these shows, and uh, I I just couldn't tell you what it's like in the business now because I've been yeah. doing for the for the last several years I've been doing mostly ships because I like the environment and they let me say whatever I want and uh, it's every no, bit they can't as, be that. And well, it's also you're doing a show in a theater in front of a thousand people, and you right. have two you have two follow spot operators, and you have a sound guy and a stage manager. Mm-hmm. You know, so wow. it's it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty big thing. Was it's, it a transition for you going from tight clubs, low ceilings, hundred seaters to oh yeah to, to theater? Was it a, like an adjustment? Yeah, well, you have you have to learn how to play the room. You have to play a lot bigger. Right. You know, you can't you can't just stand there with the mic and then put your hand on the mic stand. And just be casual. You, you see you know my I mean? Instagram photos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's in a club. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so um, that was a big transition. because, And also, I wanted to say another thing. Another reason why I released Gay Jokes for Straight Cruisers is also revenge. Because Ooh. for so many years, comedians have said, working on ships is the lowest form of show business for a comedian. Yeah. No, it is fucking not. Right. You know what I mean? In fact, mm-hmm. so many of the guys that said, what, you're going to work on ships, you're going to be a boat act, have asked me over the last several years if I can get them in. <laughs> wow, that is the sweetest I could, revenge. I could, I could name names. And so this was just my way of saying, 
I can put out an edgy album, and it is edgy, you know. And I can put out an edgy album that was was yeah. recorded on a ship, and it's just as good as any comedy album that was recorded in a club. Yeah, one of my friends um, gets asked to do. I can't think of what cruise line it is, but she's a writer for a couple shows on Netflix, and she's a, she's a good stand up. And you know, she gets asked to do the cruise, and she's like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do it." She's my age. And she was like, of course, well, I'm going to say no to a fucking cruise. It's a blast. Everybody's drinking. It's a great room. Like you just said, you got a sound ma stage manager, all that kind of crap. Like who the fuck wouldn't want to do it? And it's also good. It's also it's also good practice because you always have to do one clean show. OK, you know, where because there's kids in the audience. The so you just have to right. do, You have to do stuff that either goes over the kids heads <laughs> or or. You know that the parents don't want to have to explain, but in your adults-only show, they will mm -hmm. or shows they will let you say anything. Nice. You know, yeah. So you don't have to because I've heard you had to run your material by somebody. Not where I work. Oh, that's great, Not dude! I, I, I got work. asked to do the only thing I turned down. This is when I was in LA when I was living in LA, but I was going on so many auditions and and I had a bunch of network meetings. I was pitching shit, so it wouldn't have been the right time to do it. But Disney Cruise offered me to do. Uh, a two-year contract. I didn't just—I didn't want to be locked into a two-year contract, like on onto their cruise things or whatever. But that they were the—they were the type that were also like, you need to write out your material and run it by us first. Oh no, fuck that! I will never do that. Yeah, like, I, not, I said I no. I couldn't possibly do that because also right. what? It, because you read it and it's not funny. Right. Exactly. That's what I you was know? like. I was like, how the fuck does this even work? Yeah, it's like you can't. You know, it, it comes across totally differently on the page than on the stage. Yeah, yeah, I so know. I, I was would like, never. This sounds like hell. You have to. We have to approve your material. See ya. Yeah, you exactly. I imagine them airlifting me off of there at some point just because I, I wanted to go. <laughs> like, can you just? Well, call it's my interesting. Mom? A good, a good many of the cruise lines right now are are only hiring. I mean, maybe one or two. I'm not sure, but they're only hiring comedians for a six month contract. So you go and stay on that ship for six months. Wow. And I wouldn't wow. anymore do that if I would go out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd become That's a total easy. alcoholic. I'd become a total alcoholic. I'd get fat. I, I just would hate it. Right. You know? Let me ask you this. If, if uh, Elon Musk successfully plans a, a trip to Mars, would you be the comic on that ship to Mars? Oh, that would be the most. So, so how's everybody doing weightless? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like having your balls float around in your? In it? Oh, hilarious. that's great! Yeah, that would be hilarious. That'd I love be that hilarious. shit. Um, well, listen, I kept you for an hour. If you want to stay and talk more, I'd be happy to do it. But if not, if you got I, a hard out, I will absolutely let you go. I actually, I actually need to return a call I got what during the show. I, I it totally gets understand. It's Spielberg. I get it. Before you uh, go, I just want to ask one question. Oh, that's right. We, we got to ask the everybody, question. Everybody, and I think you'll be an epic person to ask this to. If you could give one piece of advice to your young, to your younger self when you first started out, what would it be? Stop hating yourself. Good mm. advice. Stop Perfect. it. Stop. Stop thinking you're unattractive. Stop thinking nobody's ever going to love you. Stop thinking uh, you know you have to be funny in order to get people to notice you. Just calm mm. the fuck down. And believe in yourself. That's easy. Love it. You know because that was because quick. I because I was uh, I was I was I was a mess up until I met my husband. I thought I was going to wow. be alone for the rest of my life. 
I thought I thought I was going to retire at the Port Authority bus terminal. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought it was all just I I, I was I, I don't know I don't know why, but I've had oh, I get it I've, I've, I don't know why but listen I've had a good life mm. I I was I was raised in the suburbs I had a privileged upbringing our family never wanted for anything my parents supported me in every way possible. When I told them I was going to be in show business, they were cool with it because they were in show business in their nice. community theater. And I've just had a great life. It's like at the end of this wonderful Woody Allen documentary on uh, that's on Amazon, you can see it. It's a four-hour mm -hmm. documentary on Woody Allen. He Ooh. says, he says um, I wanted to be a comedian, and I became one. I wanted to be a writer, and I became one. I wanted to be a film director, and I became one. Every single thing I've wanted in my life, I've gotten. And yet, at the end of the day, I'm going, why do I feel screwed? <laughs> I you love know? that. You know what? you so got to come back on, because I would... I'd love to talk to you about uh, uh, just our heroes, stuff like that, too, because we both um, feel the same way about Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. And I've seen oh, the yeah. same... I still have questions about you uh, doing singing telegrams and chicken and pink gorilla costumes that we're not going to get to today. Oh, I don't know. I'll, if tell, this is I'll, true. I'll tell you one story. Okay. A friend of mine, a friend of mine who is now a Broadway stage manager, but he was also a struggling actor at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had to have all these survival jobs because I couldn't take an office job because I had to be free for auditions. Mm -hmm. So he got me hooked up with, the Eastern Onion, and you can look it up. I mean, it's it, this is. I swear on all of our lives, this is true. Mm -hmm. The Eastern Onion Singing Telegram Company. Okay, and it it was on Fourteenth Street between Fifth and Sixth, and it was this office on the second floor. And you'd go in there and see this morbidly obese man sitting behind a desk, looked like he'd never gotten up from that desk mm -hmm. ever. He had the the nail on the table with the pieces of paper through the spindle. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I would go, I would dress as a, a chicken or a pink gorilla and go to people's houses and or homes or businesses or wherever. And I I drove out to Howard Beach, Queens wow. for for grandpa's 90th birthday. And I parked the car in the in the parking lot and it was on a gravel driveway. Mm -hmm. And I put on my chicken suit out in the driveway then i take the balloons out of the bag and i go and bang on the door the woman comes in and goes grandpa we have a special visitor for you and i go in there <laughs> and every you know people I, i'm a videotape exists of this because somebody had a camera uh -huh. and i said um uh, so I, I i sang the birthday song which is would you like to know why I'm here? I am here because it's your birthday. So ridiculous. Anyway, I did it. Everybody applauded. And then I went back out in the driveway. Mm -hmm. As I'm in the driveway, I, it, it was a big San Diego chicken head, right? Mm -hmm. I could only see through the beak. Right. Couldn't see through the eyes, just the beak. So I pulled it off, and some for some reason the the mask caught my eye, and my contact lens popped out, and it went down onto the gravel driveway. Oh shit! Wow. So I'm down on the gravel driveway, in mm -hmm. only the light from the garage 
you know, light outside the garage. And I'm looking around for my lens. And then some guy comes out of the door and he goes, hey, hey, bird. Hey, bird. Hey, hey, chicken. Hey, chicken, what happened? What's the matter? And I saw it. I said, I lost my contact lens. And then he goes, <laughs> and then he goes, get a load of this. The chicken lost his lens. Come, everybody, look. <laughs> now I've got. Oh my I, god! I have a hundred stories like that because I did oh, this for that's like phenomenal. I did this for like three years. Yeah. Wow! Wow! So that's a great went, fucking story. I went to a, went to a ma- mafia social club, and I, oh my I was god. A, I was a pink gorilla, and some, <laughs> some, you know, in a mafia social. It was like a scene from Goodfellas. It was exactly that. Right. And and. This guy comes up and he says, you, you do this for a living? <laughs> and I said, well, part-time. And he goes, nah, you can't do this for a living. You got to be a male prostitute or something. Listen, you see over there? You see over there my cousin Gina? I'll give you 500 if you take her home and fuck her. She hadn't had anybody for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you spend the 500 on? <laughs> on that note. Thanks for having oh. me, John. Thanks yeah, for no problem, me. man. Thank, thank Take you. Take care, Jim. Pleasure. Okay, bye bye. Dystopia tonight.